Thanks for tuning in to the Say So With Jeannie podcast. I'm rolling out another season of SOAP. SOAP is an acronym for a very practical and personal Bible study. S stands for scripture. O is observation. A is application. P is prayer. Grab your journals. Let's SOAP together now. Welcome to the Say So With Jeannie podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Terry. We are still continuing this amazing SOAP Bible study series. And we are doing this in partnership with East Coast Christian Center. You can catch them on their morning breath show Monday through Thursday. And then you can come over here on Fridays and join us. And I will I will have the link um, to their show in our show notes. So you can go see what that's all about as well. But basically, SOAP is a very practical and personal way of studying your Bible. You do it alone. You can do it with friends. Uh, that's how I learned about it about five, six years ago. Our pastor, Jessica Staubaum, introduced me to it. And it's just been an eye opener. So today I have a special guest with me, Sharon Magala. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. What's going on? How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm uh, just getting my day started with my kids because I'm uh, homeschooling them. Yeah, let's get into your intro. Tell us about you. So I am um, married to the wonderful Neil Magala. And uh, he and I, we own a landscaping business, and I have three boys. They are just turned 10, 12, 14, and we uh, homeschool them all. So we've been homeschooling for 10 years, <laughs> and it's, um, it's a lot of work, but it's really, really great to be able to sew into uh, three men into the kingdom, and we we really enjoy and are blessed where we're at. That's awesome. And tell us, you're also an author. I know about that. <laughs> Almost missed that. You always <laughs> remind me. Um, yeah, so I've written two books, and um, the first one focused on marriage restoration, the second one on finding your God-given purpose, and then I've since then written a lot of devotionals for the church and I just wrote one last week actually so I haven't written in over a year but it was good to get back and do something like that focus and I remember um when you talked about how you wrote your first book didn't you speak into your cell phone like isn't that the way you wrote it so to speak yes I don't particularly like to handwrite things out and I found that if I could just let my thoughts go and not worry about I probably don't like to do it because I I tend to have like perfectionist tendencies so if it's not written out just right then I'm not letting my thoughts uh, really go the way that God would want them to go so if I just use the the audio um, note taker then I can just spew out whatever comes to mind especially um, while I'm driving because that would be the time when I'm not focused on another task and I can just let my brain go. And then I would just record every little bit. And then I would take all that and compile it into um, sections and chapters and stuff like that. And I could edit that easily. That's how I would let it all go out. That's so amazing. So anyone who's listening, who's, who thinks that they've got to write things down. Nope. You can just spew it out in the car, just hit record and then put it all together later. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's amazing. I'm proud of you for stepping out and writing books and devotionals. That's amazing. Thanks. What a gift. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. So are you ready to soap Proverbs 12 together? I am. It's a great chapter. It's very encouraging. 
It is. Do you now, which version or translation or which one are you reading out of? I'm using the New Living translation. I really, I like a lot of them, but I tend to lean towards this one, at least lately. And um, it speaks plainly. I like that plain. We need that plain. We don't need to guess what God is saying to us. Yeah. You know, I can remember as a new Bible reader some years ago, I didn't know that there were so many versions or translations or transliterations. And I was like, right? thee, thou, though, like I just <laughs> I couldn't do that. So I needed something that almost spoke like a child to me. So I love mm-hmm. how there's such a variance of translations and they're all supposed to pretty much say the same thing i know some people say well you know this leans more towards right uh, one way but i think i think what's great about the bible app or you know like i'm on biblegateway.com right now i can just Mm -hmm. simply put in proverbs 12 and then i can read like you're saying the nlt then i can go to the niv then i can go to amplified nasb the message like Right. So it can really sink in. So yeah, you're, I love reading, too. you're reading out of NLT. There's 28 uh, verses. I'm not good at math, but I think halfway is 14. So yeah. if you want to read one through 14, would that be cool? That'd be cool. All right. And then I'll take over <laughs> from there. So read when you are ready, madame. Okay. Proverbs 12. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. The Lord approves of those who are good, but he condemns those who plan wickedness. Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. A worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. The plans of the godly are just. The advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are like murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. The wicked die and disappear, but the family of the godly stands firm. A sensible person wins admiration, but a warped mind is despised. Better to be an ordinary person with a servant than to be self-important but have no food. The godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. Mm. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. The wicked Mm. are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. Wise words bring many benefits and hard work brings rewards. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. 
lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but the diligent make use of everything they find. The way of the godly leads to life. The path, that path does not lead to death. Amen. <laughs> That's a lot. It is. The Proverbs have so much. You're always like, well, that's good. Well, that's really good too, but I really like that too. (laughs) I know you could pick so much, but what did you hone in on? Um, So I think I'm like, do I go one or do I go four? (laughs) I think that I'm going to lean towards my heart's like compassion and that's marriage. So I'm going with four. A worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. So I feel like, wow, that is such a good reminder because marriage is, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of uh, looking at somebody else besides you to see what you can do for them instead of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be, I think wives want to feel that they're appreciated and beautiful. And what is better than to be a crown, which is beautiful for the person that God has for you, your husband. So be choose to do things that make you worthy of that crown that God has for you. But if you choose badly and you disdain your husband and you think more of yourself than him, then you are no better than cancer, which is death. So it's So what are things are worthy? Because I find that women have a lot of and it could be people in general, but I hear a lot of women say, oh, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And why do I have to prove my worthiness? Like, what, what do you, what do you think God is saying by a worthy wife? What is like, does she have to bend over backwards for her husband? What does that even look like to you, Sharon? Um, to me, it's first centering on being uh, healthy emotionally. And that means you have to really address things that a lot of people don't want to address. So we all have negative things inside of us. So when you notice those things, don't push them down, but actually let God do something different inside of you because that's what's going to affect your relationship with other people and being your spouse being the number one person that you have a connection with. So if you have, if you find yourself, let's say you're offended a lot, And you can pretend like you're not offended, but it's still in there because it's a negative root and something that the devil can use easily to say something um, contrite or mean to somebody else because it's there. And so if you find that those things are in your life, then you need to, you know, be humble and say, God, look, I have this tendency to just snap or be offended when these things are said to me Mm -hmm. how can I um, give that to you and let your your power heal inside of me so I can choose love when things are negative around me and then working that out and allowing yourself to be healthier inside is going to allow God's love and that's what that's our um 
that's our worthiness. All the worthiness comes from God. So if you let those things shine out of you, then you're going to be a crown to your husband because anything that shines forth through you, that's God is just going to be beautiful. So That's so good. And it reminds me of some of the other verses that are in this exact chapter, chapter where mm-hmm. it says like, don't be foolish and get so offended at the end, at an insult, like a wise person will brush it off, so to speak. Right. I don't remember exactly which verse it was. And then mm-hmm. even verse one, I love it. It's just so plain, like you said, to learn you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Stupid. <laughs> stupid. And aren't we all stupid? Because <laughs> there's that, ah, I don't want to be corrected inside right. of us. We don't want to be wrong. But like you're saying, a wise woman you know, or a wife, wise woman, wise person, they're going to take it to God and say, don't let me be this foolish person. Give, give me the wisdom that comes from you and yeah, make me the crown of my husband, not disgraceful, like cancer. I mean, that just sounds, (laughs) sounds awful. Who wants to be cancer to someone else's bones? But you see it all the time, unfortunately. I don't want to, I don't want to see that you want to, you know, and it goes on to say that, um, wise bring people up. They bring he- their words bring healing. Their words bring truth. And right. it's amazing what you can do if you're constantly. And it really does have to do with humility because I don't think we naturally tendency to want to choose these things because inside it you want what you want. But <laughs> it's it really is beautiful what you can produce if you say, all right, not what I want. God, what do you want? And then you feel better anyways, after it's all done, because you don't feel great after you're tyranting and wanting it all for yourself. And even if you get what you want, it usually doesn't feel good because it doesn't really produce life. Right. It's just out of that vain, selfish ambition. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Sharon, but I know when I was younger, I wanted a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I look back at those things and I'm like, why did I want that? Yeah. You know, our wants change, our desires change. And I believe that's comes with maturity. It comes with wisdom. It comes with an intimate knowledge and experience of a relationship with God. So I agree. I, the, all the things that I wanted when I was younger, they didn't, I chased after all of them and they didn't produce anything good for me. And it's sad because I feel that that's the way I was brought up to want all that stuff, Mm -hmm. achieve and all this. I feel like it it perpetuates itself. You don't see a lot of, oh, let's learn to be humble and let's Mm -hmm. learn to love and put somebody else first. And yeah, you hear it in the church, but um, you don't really feel see society embrace that at all so you just have a bunch of people who are just perpetuating selfishness and what they think they should get and then you get to the point where you're our age and you look back and you're like well what did I achieve really nothing you're sad and you're empty and you're lonely and you have broken relationships and then your your children are just growing up the same Yeah. And what you're saying is exactly what verse 11 says. A person who chases fantasies has no sense. Like we think we have sense, right? We think we know what we want, (laughs) but we're chasing fantasies. And like you said, we're left empty, brokenhearted, broken relationships. But thank God we serve a God that's the reconciler. 
of our lives and relationship with him. Yeah, I Did definitely, you- I struggle with that idea between, okay, I want my, like my children, I want them to dream big and have that sense of fun and fantasy because there is God in that. But if you don't channel it through God, like, all right, God, what do you have for me? Because you actually dream bigger and better than me. Then you've become uh, on the wrong path, the one that the enemy could more easily use. But if we don't teach our children and teach ourselves that God, channel it through God, let that dream come through. And yes, let your heart's desire come out, but don't let it be just whatever you feel mm-hmm. you're missing. You're missing the real good life that you, God has for you. That's so good. Recently I've said, you know, cause you can get wrapped up in anxiety and, and false believing and your imagination can just run amok. So recently right. I've been saying, God, I consecrate my imagination to you. So it's mm-hmm. just like this, like consecrating your fantasies, consecrating your dreams. Oh, yeah. Like you're saying, channel it like God, get in this fantasy with me, get in this dream with me. I want to delight, give me the delights of your heart. Yeah. You know, let's do this together. Don't, I don't want to leave you out, God, because then it's just, yeah, pointless. (laughs) Did you have anything else um, for four or you? No. I just want to make sure I honor you and make sure you get everything out that you wanted to say. No, I think that's it. I'm a very succinct person. So I don't usually have lots of flowery words to say about stuff. I'm just usually, all right, to the point. Right. Do a good job. (laughs) Good job, Sharon. Good job. I don't know why I call you Sharon. I think it's because back in my younger days, I'm pretty sure I watched that reality show with Ozzy Osbourne. Did you ever see that? Or did you ever hear about that? Yes, he would shout his wife's name. Sharon! Because <laughs> I think he couldn't like work this like huge remote control for the TV or something like I don't know why I watched that. I have no idea because I was young and senseless, I guess. Right? Yeah, I needed some comedic relief or something. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> onwards and upwards. So, so Sharon, have you, this is my soap, but I'm going to start it with a question. Okay. Have you ever done like a pros and cons list if you're making a decision? So that's kind of what I did with this, this whole chapter. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I'm showing you my oh, notebook, nice. but basically I made a pros and cons list about, and so on the left side is wise and what their attributes, what a wise person's attributes are. And then on the right side, it's fools. And so I guess I could quickly just run down what Proverbs 12 said about each of these because it was so turn the coin and you're wise, turn the coin and you're foolish. And Mm -hmm. the, the sides of the coin are so distinctly different that I want to be on the wise side of the coin. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to start with the fool side um, because I think the wise side just is remarkable and is so profound. And I want to end on the good note that God has given us. So for fools, they hate correction. They're condemned. They cannot be established. They're deceitful. Their words lie in wait for blood. They are overthrown. They are despised. Even their kindest acts are cruel. They choose fantasies. 
They desire the stronghold of evildoers. Their ways seem right. They are offended easily. They tell lies. Their words pierce like swords. Their lying lasts only momentarily. As far as the wise, they love discipline. They obtain favor. They cannot be uprooted. Their plans are just. Their speech rescues them. Their house stands firm. They are praised in their prudence. The righteous care, they have an abundance. Their root endures. Fruit of their lips are filled with good. Their hands bring them rewards. They listen to advice. They overlook insults. They tell the truth. Their words bring healing. Their truth endures forever. So that's my pros and cons list. I want to be, I want to be wise. I want this wisdom. I want this character, this lifestyle that, God is showing us that you can have when you walk out this lifestyle. Of course, the only way you can, nobody's perfect, but the only way you can walk out this lifestyle is by first having a relationship with Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Lord and Savior, because you can't be righteous without him. We're only righteous by his righteousness. So I don't, I don't want to be on the fool's side where I, I hate correction and I love verse one, stupid, you're stupid. If you hate correction, like, it's just so, I hate, I hate name calling, but even in the Bible, it's like stupid to hate correction. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, there's so much good that comes out of wisdom and, and it's, it's, it's on the inside and it's on the outside. They listen, they overlook, they tell their words. I mean, this is, this is a ingrained lifestyle. It's not, you cannot be uprooted. These are ways and plans. These are character traits. And this is all from knowing who you are in Christ and knowing who God is and that he's a good loving father. Otherwise you're going to be on the con side or the yeah. fool side. So I love my, that word ingrained that you used. Mm-hmm. Because it's so true that if you want to be on the wise side, it takes work because you can't get ingrained without really working. Everything else is shallow and up mm -hmm. here on the surface and it's easy to stay right oh, that's here. Good. That's good. Yeah. Cool. And that's really creative. I love how you did that. The, the two sides, the chart. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. I'm sometimes, you know, I guess at a young age, someone said, well, write a pros and cons list and that will help you decide. So I just immediately thought I need a pros and cons list, but, and what are the ways let's talk about that, Sharon, you, you brought up that so easy to stay superficial. It's so easy to stay worldly. How do we get ingrained? I know for one, it's reading your Bible. You don't have to necessarily do a soap Bible study, but how do you know who God is? If you don't study him, how do you know, you know, if all you're doing is studying counterfeits, and studying the world and right. what your BFF is saying, who's not in the word. I mean, what, what are ways that you stay ingrained? Like talk about your process. I mean, did you always know God? Did you always have a deep relationship with him or has um, it been I a process? Grew up, I grew up in the, the church. My parents definitely loved Jesus. Um, I don't feel that I learned about a real true conversational relationship with Jesus until I was in my 20s. Um, so I'm thankful for my background to know what the Bible was and what truth was. And I'm thankful that we, you know, God allowed me to grow past that 
to understand that it's more. Mm -hmm. And so for me right now, I, I do, I hunger for better relationship with, with Jesus. I have that in me where I'm like, it's just not enough. What I have right now is not enough. And somebody might say, oh, but you know, you're doing this, this, and this, but it's not, I don't feel, always feel that deep connection that I want. And I think that's good because I want to hunger and want more from God. So I spend my morning, my favorite is, and if it gets disrupted, I hate it, but it happens. So in the morning I get my coffee and I open up the Bible app. I do the first of the day. I usually do a devotional. I usually will also play the, I love the audio stuff. So I will play whatever the soap chapter is for the day. And then I pray. I'd gotten a lot, I had gotten away from praying for my family for a season. And I noticed how that was a big connection point between me and God that I felt disconnected. So I pray for my kids and I pray for my husband. And then if there's anything that's also on my heart for myself, I'll pray for that too. And then when I'm done with that, I feel like, okay, I can, I can hit the day now. Um, and so that's a huge point in the morning, but I also love to listen to what other people say about what they've learned about God. So I'm listening to audiobooks all the time. There's always something good, like Christine Kane's last book or uh, John Eldridge's last book. And they mm -hmm. always seem to be timely for whatever I'm going through. And you listen, you're like, yes, I feel more grounded now. Mm -hmm. I feel that they've, I've been kept up to the path that I need to be learning more about where I need to be and healed inside. Because we all go through seasons, I think, COVID hit us all differently, but it all, most of us found some sort of disconnect and emptiness through that season. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to get to a point where I feel peace and wholeness and can give back and love other people mm -hmm. and not be so reclusive. Because mm -hmm. I tendency, my tendency is definitely to be a recluse. Mm -hmm. Well, that is, that's a great observation. You brought in a lot of, you know, audiobooks, books, I've, and what word I wrote down as you were writing was immersion. You yeah. know, you need to be immersed in the word. You mm -hmm. need to have people reinforcing the word of God to you. I have worship music playing all the yes. time, which is such a far stretch from where I was, Sharon. As a teenager, as a young adult, I was listening to, okay, I grew up in Miami in the clubs. <laughs> I was, it was the days when Uncle Luke and Two Live Crew were being censored. And I'm like, ah, I'll just leave them alone. It's great music. I like to shake my, you know what, to it. Like, I don't listen to the words. I just like the beat. That was right? me. Okay. Lie. <laughs> it's yeah. And so I listen, I try every now and then to turn that music on. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> my heart can't even take it. I'm like, I cannot believe I delighted right? in this. You're being accosted now. <laughs> and so, and so just last night I went to a elevation worship concert with 900, oh. 9,999 of my very best friends Dang. in Orlando. And 
I just was standing there in awe. Like here I am in a stadium worshiping God. Like this would have not been me at 15, 18, 25. Like that was not Jeannie. And so just to be there and just to feel like this is where I belong. This is where all of these souls that are in here in the stadium with me belong. Like I could do something like that every week. You know, I just felt it's a reminder. Like you said, these books, this immersion is a reminder that we're in God's grip, that we are in his presence, whether we feel it or not. It's a knowing, you know, and it's, it's an ingrained, it's, it's something, it's a process. It's a journey, right? Like from glory to glory, they say like, we are being sanctified into his image. So, you know, and then I think it was Paul who was like, I have not arrived, but you know, you (laughs) stay in your lane, you stay on your journey. You don't compare yourself to anybody else, you know, cause that's easy to get into as well. But I love how we can soak together I can Mm -hmm. learn something from you. I am enjoying this immensely because it's just, you know, I love these conversations because they're not superficial. Right. They're so ingrained. They're so deeply focused. And it is us trying to, or no, it's Jesus working in us to to have us choose the wise column, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And have us be the worthy wife to the husband or the, even the worthy person. If you're not married, it's, it's not like, Oh, I've I've got to find a husband and now I've got to be worthy and I've got to be perfect. (laughs) And I got to, you know, God's got to fix me up because no man's going to like me like the way I am. It's like, honey, you're a train wreck. Your husband's going to be a train wreck. And together (laughs) you're going to be one and you're going to be a huge train wreck together. And you're going to be in therapy and counseling and you're going to get Sharon's book. You're going to read it (laughs) because you love wisdom because you love discipline. And because only stupid, only the stupid hate correction. So we can definitely go anywhere. If we are just choosing God, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can be a complete wreck and we all are complete wrecks. And we just, like you said, glory to glory. You're not perfect at any point. Right. And I don't even like to say that we're wrecks. Right. But I mean, honestly, I think we put up these facades and these pretenses that Oh, everything's fine. Everything's perfect. How are you? Oh, fine. Blessed and highly favored. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but everyone's got a story. Everyone's got something going on and yep. you just don't know. And, you know, we want to think about, well, they haven't called me. Well, they haven't reached out. Well, they haven't. It's like, well, like leave them alone. Let them off the hook. You know, mm-hmm. just everyone has got a story. Everyone's got something going on. So, um, yeah, my prayer is just that I would choose the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I would choose to dwell in that. I would choose to uh, listen to his truth over what the world is telling me, what maybe the facts are telling me, what my eyes are telling me, what my feelings are t- telling me, that I would not serve my feelings. I would not serve my five physical senses, but that I would serve my spiritual sense where God and the Holy Spirit is is speaking the truth to me. Yeah. So that's my prayer. That's awesome. My prayer too. I think, <laughs> what do you think, Sharon? Well, that was a good soap, huh? It was. We just soaped, Proverbs. soaped Proverbs 12. Proverbs yeah. is, uh, it's interesting because, you know, I've heard people say that it's, it's not promises. Like these are not 
it, it's not like because evil befalls on everyone, right? Hardships befall on everyone. So proverbs are not necessarily promises. They're standards and lifestyles that can lead to life and they can lead to death. So I, I don't know if I fully agree with the not being promises. I don't know. I feel like anything out of God's mouth can be a promise if you take it that way and you seek it because if we can't hope for it to be true which to me is a promise Mm -hmm. maybe not a guarantee but it's like there you go you you, i take most anything in the bible and be like it says it right here (laughs) my bible says this (laughs) and so i'm gonna focus on god getting me there and that's Mm. that's my my promise from him that he'll get me there if I focus on him. Yeah. And I think, you know, they talk about waiting on the Lord and I think sometimes promises may or may not be seen on this side of heaven. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I just, I just pray that when, because even Jesus said, you will have trials and tribulations in this world. Like you will, that is a guarantee. Mm hmm but cheer up. I have overcome the world. So, you know, when we say, Oh, why is this? Why is this stricken me? Why is God letting this happen to me? Why, why, why me? Why me? I remember Joyce Meyer saying, why not you? Why not? Why not? Like maybe because you, maybe because in your weakness, God is going to show up his strength and you're going to be like, wow, God, I, I really, I really needed you. I didn't know I needed you until this very moment. So yeah. Thank you. Well, anything good that we have, you look back, anybody who's traveled with God, only the really good stuff comes from the bad because that's where God shines if you let him. I mean, nothing amazing that I have is not born out of some sort of attack or bad choice or whatever mm. that I then said, okay, I can't stay here anymore, God. You know, where can you take me from here? That's so good. And I think that takes me back to, I don't know exactly what verse it is, but consider it joy when you go through any trials. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, you know, how can you know good if you don't have bad? <laughs> bad. <laughs> and sometimes you have to find out who you're not to find out who you are. Yeah. Which is painful. I went through that. Yes. You know, I still kind of go through that. Like I still, I say God is so gentle and graceful with me. Like if he showed me every single thing that was wrong with me, he would crush me under Mm -hmm. that revelation. I think he shows me like, let's work on this, Jeannie. Let's work on this. Like, come on, let's work on this together. Like, okay. Oh, Oh, wait, gotta, gotta bring that back. You're still, you're still not listening. You're still, come on, one more test, one more test in this area. (laughs) No, he's amazing like that. All right, sister. Well, that was fun. What I'm going to do now is open up the floor to see if any of the other soapers want to say anything, but I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to thank you so much for your time today, Sharon. I had a great time with you. And that's it. That's soap. It's so easy and so practical and so personal all at the same time. Are you enjoying soap? Let me know. Hit me up on any of the social media links. I'm going to leave in the show notes. And share your soap with me. I want to find out what you're getting from the scripture as well. We can all learn from each other. Until next time, friends, peace and blessings.